Amen. Good to see everybody. We're going to start with a scripture reading this morning. I'm going to ask Harrison to come on up here. And we're going to, he's going to be sharing Matthew 28, 19, and 20 with us, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I command you. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You did great. I said, I said the scripture reader, I was wrong. Scripture memorizer. Which is what you do before you learn to read. So, excellent job. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you so much. I, uh, uh, the fellowship center, you're with me, aren't you? Raise your hands. Let me know. I'm looking, I'm looking at you somewhere. There you go. There's a few. Wake up on the front row there. No, I was just kidding. Uh, so good to have everybody here for our One Kingdom, uh, uh, Sunday. And, uh, as I mentioned, we do works all around the world, and I want you to hear from someone really uh, uh, that we're partnering with right now in Nicaragua, and we're going to have a short video, and then I'll be right back with you, okay? Saludos, queridas familias en WFR. Greetings, our dear family at WFR. Soy el hermano Leonel Valle, y me acompaña mi hijo Esteban Valle. I am Brother Leonel Valle, and this is my son Esteban. Doy gracias a Dios por el ministerio de One Kingdom. We thank God for One Kingdom Ministries. Y la bendición que ha sido este ministerio para la iglesia en Guadalupe. And the tremendous blessing that it's been for the Church of Christ in Guadalupe. En estos momentos tan difíciles de la pandemia mundial. Especially during this terrible time of the pandemic. Pues este ministerio ha servido para reunirnos durante Toda esta temporada usando Facebook, WhatsApp y la radio. Your ministry has allowed us to meet using Facebook, WhatsApp and the radio. Llevamos 30 domingos sin reunirnos en la capilla. We have not been meeting at the church building for over 30 Sundays. Pero primeramente Dios, este primero de noviembre, Reabriremos la capilla. But get willing, on November the 1st, we will be able to go back and reopen. Hemos estado orando por ustedes. We've been praying for you. Especialmente por el paso de los huracanes Laura y Delta. Especially during the terrible season uh, of hurricanes, especially because of Laura and Delta. Le amamos de todo corazón we love en el you. Señor de Cristo. With all of our hearts in the love of the Lord. Son muy especiales para nosotros y todo el resto de la congregación en Guadalupe. You are very special to us, to our family, and to the church in Guadalupe. Dios les bendiga en gran manera. God bless you. Para terminar, quiero compartir con ustedes este precioso pasaje. I would like to share with you this precious Bible verse. En Filipenses capítulo 4, versículo 4, Philippians 4, 4, dice así, We read, Regocijaos en el Señor siempre, Rejoice in the Lord always, Otra vez os digo, And again I say, Regocijaos, Rejoice, Que el Señor les bendiga, God bless you.
Amen. Amen. Uh, so since uh, since Stephen and them were so kind to send us that, uh, and this thing is every, say it with me, every nation, every language. Say it one more time. Every nation, every language. One more time. Every nation, every language. So I thought I would try a few of those languages. Uh, so if you're out there and you speak this language, uh, don't forget of the principle of mercy. First of all, in honor of Esteban, them in Spanish, cada nación, cada idioma. In Turkish, hamelat hardia. In Greek, kath ethnos, kath glossa. In French, chaque nation, chaque langue. In uh, Nepali, or Nepal, Nepali, harika rastra, harika glasa. In Hindu, hardish har pasha. That's it. I gotta be able to read too, don't I? It's a little tough. In Portuguese, cada nation, cada lingua. And Navajo, I asked Eric G to give me the one in Navajo, and they don't really have that phrase, every nation, every language. And, but they do have the, like the Navajo language, and it's, uh, Dena Basul in Navajo. We're in all those languages and more than that. And please don't send me a bunch of emails correcting my, uh, grammar. Uh, but, uh, at least acknowledge that there are people who talk different than us. And I started to give a redneck version, and I decided, no, nah, everybody knows that here. So uh, it is exciting to see what happens around the world. And it is exciting to be at a church and to be under an eldership that has as their goal to see the gospel go to every nation in every language. And it's exciting to be a part of a ministry uh, that's under this eldership at this church. And I'm so grateful for our leaders and their vision to try to reach the world as well as everyone just around us in our own, in our own homes too. So it's exciting to be a part of this. Uh, I know Ryan's excited. He's going to get up and share, with, share some things with you in just a little bit. But I just want to remind us of a couple of verses and then I'm, and then we're going to do a couple of other things. Well, first of all, the verse that was uh, shared by Harrison out of the Matthew passage, we're all very familiar with, right? Going to all the world, right, and take, and make disciples of every nation. By the way, that literally means every ethnic group. That's what it says in the Greek. Every one of, every group. We take the gospel, we make disciples of all of baptizing, teaching, and continuing to teach people. <coughs> and Jesus promises something there. He says, and what? And I'll be with you, what? Always. To the very end of the age. So the first thing I want you to get and understand about this thing of taking the gospel to the world is that we always have the presence of Jesus with us. We're never outside his presence. He's always there with us. And there is that great need for us to know that no matter what we've got going on, we are never alone. Whatever you're doing in your life, you are not alone. Whatever down day you have, you need to know you're not alone. When you're trying to reach out to somebody and you're a little bit worried about it, you need to know you're not alone. When you're teaching and baptizing people, you need to know you are not alone. His presence is always with us. That's got to feel empowering to us. By the way, thank you. Yeah. 
We'll give God a hand on that. The next thing we notice out of Acts chapter 2, they're going to start doing what he said go do, right? And so they gather up there, and they're getting ready to preach, and they get up and speak to all the people, and they speak in languages, and all the people hear them in their own language, the Bible says. And then Peter stands up and he preaches the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He preaches the story of how much God loved us. And to those people, how that they, by their own wicked hands, put him to death, but God did not leave him in the ground. He raised him up the third day, set him uh, back to heaven on his right hand, and now he lives for us to help us. And 3,000 people that day were baptized into Christ. 3,000. Because they heard the power of the gospel. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the what? Power. Say that word with me. Power. One more time. Power. So you've got the presence of God and you've got the power of God. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit is there uh, causing these men to miraculously speak in these languages. Now, look, I, I, I wish that could happen to me sometimes. I've been into those countries where I was like, Lord, I don't know if this is possible or not. But if you could give me this language, it would really help me. It, it, that hadn't happened to me, by the way. But uh, I can see how powerful of a t- thing it was for these people. So the beginning of the church... Peter preaches that powerful gospel message. And all these folks are changed for eternity. For eternity. Now there's something else that happens. This one we don't really think about that much. I want to turn and read this verse. In Revelation chapter 7, if you'll turn there with me please. Revelation chapter 7. By the way, I want you to notice my Bible marker. It's from our Missions Day 2018. So whoever made that, we're still using them here. Uh, I'm a little slow on getting new stuff. So, Revelation chapter 7. After the, uh, verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, there you go, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches, that's a sign of victory, in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So what you have here, you have a picture of what's taking place from the time Jesus gave this message to say, I want it to go to all nations and all languages. Acts 2, the initiation of that ministry to go to all nations in all languages. And now you have the picture of the end. They're all gathered at the throne. Every nation and every language. And every time you do something to convert someone to Jesus, you add a person to the multitude that's around the throne. Get it? That's what you do. And listen to what they did around the throne. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. 
So every time, whether it's you're giving money today, whether it's you going on a mission trip and using your talent, or whether it's in the support of all the works that are going on through one kingdom, you are adding people to the picture of the throne room. You. God chose you to do that. You're doing that. Sometimes we don't, feel, we don't realize what we're part of. Remember what the Hebrew writer says. God will never forget your work and labor of love that you've done among his people. God won't forget. Now, I forget things. Yeah, I, and, and I've been forgetting things a little more, seems like a little, a little more rapidly lately. I'm not sure what that's about. But uh, uh, the last two Wednesday nights, I'm all focused on my lesson. And I'm, I'm going to play a video each time. And, you know, two Wednesday nights in a row, I forgot to play the video. I just, I just forgot. Anybody else out there ever forget anything? Thank you. Some, some of y'all forgot to raise your hand uh, right there. God doesn't forget. And he doesn't forget your work and your labor as you work among his people. Here's what God does. You know where you put your memories, right? On the refrigerator. You do something, your kid does something great, and they, they, you take a picture of it, you get that, and you, you post it on the refrigerator for everybody in the family to keep seeing time and time again, right? You don't post their failures up there. My mom didn't put my re- report card from my 11th grade year when I failed geometry. I mean, she didn't put that up there and say, man, look at that. I want to remind you of that, you know. Uh, she didn't put that. No, she took, when our team took a picture of the championship, well, those kind of things, that's what got put on the refrigerator. God does not forget your work and labor of love. And every time you go out and do something, you, you go on a mission trip and, and, and God sees that and he says, look, there's Dennis and Kathy serving. Uh, hey, hey, Gabriel, uh, take a picture of that and put it on the fridge. And he looks out there and he says, hey, he says, look, there's Joe. He's visiting the hospital. I want to remember that work and labor that he did. Put that on, put that on the fridge. I want to remember that. God will not forget your work and labor of love. And while sometimes we forget what's going on all the way around the world, we're involved in Athens, we're involved in Africa, we're involved in India, and all these different places around the world. And we get the privilege and honor of knowing some of these people personally. And it's very exciting what what they're doing around the world with the gospel. And God sees that you're doing that. Watts Ferry Road, local church, you're doing that. Every time you give a dollar, every time you encourage us as we go, uh, everybody's talents all molded together to make something happen somewhere. And God will not forget your work and labor of love. You are being used for the kingdom of God. His presence is with you. His power is with you. And the praise that you're adding to is being multiplied through the individuals that are reached with the good news of Jesus. You're adding people to the throne room scene of every nation and every language. Say it with me one more time. Every nation, every language. And you're a part of that. One of the most exciting works that we get to be involved in is the work in Liberia. 
Because they're not just reaching their own country. They're reaching a lot of other nations and a lot of other languages. I want you to watch this video and understand this is a part of what you are doing for the kingdom of God. Located in the rural outskirts of Monrovia, the capital city of the Civil War-torn country of Liberia, is the Restoration Bible and Agriculture Institute. The school's founding is the fruition of one man's vision for his home country. So a lot of people say, you know, why Liberia? You know, there's a lot of countries in Africa. Ghana is a great like picture of a country that really gets it in terms of training men, uh, planting churches. They have their uh, great Bible college. So you, you come to a country like this and you think, well, you know, 16 years of war. I mean, what impact can they have beyond just this one little strip of land? But there's something very resilient about the people in Liberia. I met a guy connected to World Radio at the time named Isaac Day who came to the U.S. And I was, you know, been preaching, been working in ministry for a few years and just kind of not sure if this is what I wanted to do. When I heard him get up and just give his passion and his vision, I mean, it inspired me. I mean, to my sales. I mean, it was just, I was tingling, you know, when, when he got finished. We became fast friends. Um, of course, he was a world radio speaker and very successful. But the main thing that Isaac had was the vision for something bigger. I mean, this guy had a vision for what he wanted to get accomplished. He was uh, converted uh, uh, out of Liberia and got a Bible college, got his education, was a missionary in four different countries based in the Gambia. And then when Liberia opened up, he said, you know, I, I see an opportunity to go home. They had 16 years of civil war here, but he was like, it's ripe. You know, and I couldn't help but think about that verse in, in Matthew, wherever Jesus looked out and said, you know, the fields are ripe in the harvest. And here's a guy who saw that. You know, he saw that vision. The disciples in the moment Jesus said it, they didn't see it. But Isaac saw it. And so he said, I got to get back to Liberia. Will you help me? And I said, what do we need to do? So there was a need to plant churches in Liberia. But you can't plant churches without preachers. So Restoration Bible and Agriculture Institute was started to teach young men to evangelize in their communities. The agriculture portion is what makes this unique, though. Instead of sending men out to start churches without any funding, they set to teach men agriculture to start a farm so that they could be self-sustained. They could go out and preach the gospel, but also have a means to support that mission. So we start, we'll start, uh, we'll start to work with you, probably all later this week. I have told our students that in order to be prosperous as a farmer, you either have to be able to produce when no one else can produce, or you have to be able to store storages out because of uh, the humidity here, because of the uh, rodents and, and so on, different things of this sort. So it, it boils down to being able to produce during the dry season. 
This yeah, is called farm butter. Farm butter? Yeah. Farm butter, farm butter soup? Farm yeah. butter soup, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds soup. good. Yeah. Now, it's made from the palm, from, yeah, from the yeah. from these from the palm tree, yeah, correct? That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. This is, is this uh, one of the favorite uh, meals for the crew? For, for, for gribble. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Titus, what's your favorite food? Uh, it's GB. GB? Yeah. Okay. You make that here? You make GB here too? I know. No. People here, yeah, most of the, the students, you know, they don't like to swallow. Okay. So we are more acquainted with rice. Rice, okay. okay. So. so this is a cassava plant. It is planted here at Restoration, uh, and it is the second most consumed food in all of Liberia. A cassava, once it's harvested, it looks like a potato, and uh, it, it only lasts about 10 days to two weeks before it goes bad. So most people uh, compress it and turn it into gari, which lasts about a year. These are rows of cassava that has just been planted by the students. And what's interesting about cassava is that even though it's the nation's second leading crop, all cassava is exported into Nigeria, where it is then turned into gari and then imported back into Liberia. That's why the Gari project is such a monumental endeavor. It'll be the first of its kind in all of Liberia. This business will help sustain the profits of Restoration Bible and Agriculture Institute and help its graduates. The students that who have graduated, who have started their own churches and, and also started their own farms in their local communities, they can sell their cassava to here. The building for the Gari facility has been built. Components for the processing machine are being assembled. The project is underway. We were never meant to merely survive. God designed us to flourish in his kingdom. As part of the program, each student is charged with taking care of livestock. They're given goats, chicken, and pigs. This all continues the method of teaching them stewardship and how to have a self-sustaining economy. This is the Restoration Skills Training Center here on the campus of Restoration. And uh, this was started about a year ago as a women's empowerment mission. Isaac and his staff uh, believe uh, wholeheartedly that, that giving women an opportunity to have their own business, to have a, a different skill set, can bring them out of all kinds of terrible situations of you know, husbands who have left them, prostitution in some cases. Each woman gets a sewing machine and they get a two-year training period of how to sew, how to create, how to tailor. <laughs> and then they can go back to their homes, to their communities, and start a sewing business, start a tailoring business. One kidon is worldwide. Maybe some of you don't know, but one kidon is extended in our country, Liberia, and we are so glad. So Isaac Day has been a world radio speaker for us for over a decade. He would get on the radio and speak for about an hour a day on Magic FM. Well, there came a time that the owner of Magic FM wanted to sell the station, and he gave Isaac the first rights of refusal because Isaac had had such a great impact on this man. So One Kingdom, along with some other partners, came along to help buy the radio station. And now today, Magic FM is here on campus as Restoration Radio. What happens with radio here is incredible. And we get this big radio tower, you know, right behind there is just beaming out. So everywhere we're driving around Monrovia, you know, we're listening to Restoration Radios. Restoration Radio. 
happen to be the official voice of the Churches of Christ in Liberia. The thing about a visionary, you figure out pretty quickly in any part of the world, is that they're not going to stop having vision. So they've got a project. It's working great. Us Americans, we're like, well, let's just stick with that because that's going really good. Visionaries keep having vision. I heard today that there's over 120 churches here. At the beginning, I think there were, you know, 10 or 15. So it's really incredible what Isaac has done so far. But what I love about it is he's not finished. You know, on paper, Alan's talked about this before, but Liberia is not a place that you would want to go and visit. It's not uh, one of those five-star travel destinations, but it is quickly becoming one of my favorite countries on the planet. And it's because of what Isaac and his team are doing. They had such vision, and that's the word that comes to mind when I think about Isaac. You heard Alan talk about it in the video, that Isaac is a visionary. And that vision doesn't necessarily come from him it comes from the holy spirit because again isaac is a man who is after god's heart he surrendered to his will and he knows that god has greater plans than what anything that we could think of or imagine right but that's why they've been so successful in making disciples in liberia so one kingdom our mission our mission at one kingdom is to empower and equip local leaders to share the gospel in every nation, and every language. When I think about Isaac, I think that's what he's doing. He's, he's empowering and equipping young men and young women, not only to survive, but to flourish. As you heard in the video, we're, we're never meant to just hang on and just wait around. We are waiting on Jesus' return, but there is work to be done in the meantime. We have a mission, and it's to go and make disciples. And that mission statement that I, that I just said to you, I want to break that down and talk about that a little bit. First, empower and equip. What does that mean? Empower and equip. You hear a lot about the word empowerment, especially in our culture today. But our goal is to empower and equip young men, young women, old men, old men, wherever. We want to make disciples. So the old way of thinking as far as sending American missionaries to live, and that, that, that is still effective but that's not our mission at One Kingdom. We believe that God has raised up leaders in every corner of the world. He talks about that in his word, that he's going to raise up the right leaders. So our job is not to go out and place a vision on somebody else, but to trust that God himself is placing a vision on the hearts of the men and women in that part of the world. So we come alongside to partner to empower and equip. Here's the thing about empowerment. This is going to kind of sound counterintuitive, but our goal in every country that we work in is to not be there. If we give and create dependence, then we're not really empowering anybody. 
So as you saw in the video, what, what's going on in, in Liberia, it's one of the greatest examples of what's going on at One Kingdom. Isaac is, is, is teaching young men, he's teaching young women, not only to preach the gospel, but he's also teaching them farming. How can, how can they survive? How can they not just survive, but create their own business? You saw what he's doing with the women there. He's creating sewing business, tailoring businesses. These are businesses that can survive in Liberia. He's giving them opportunity to flourish and to have an impact on their culture. Because we believe that we should be impacting the culture. Sometimes, too many times, especially in, in the United States, I feel our culture is impacting us. You know, you see it around. How many feel like there's division in our country today? Right? It's our culture trying to define us. But we as Christians should be at every level trying to define culture. We should be the ones setting the temperature for the rest of the world. We need to be culture setters. And that's what we're trying to do in in every nation. But the key here is if, if we just go and feed people or if we teach people how to start a farm, then we're not really doing what we're called to do. So the second part of that mission statement is really the critical part. Share the gospel. The gospel is of first importance. You guys know this. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. It's of first importance. That's what our church is centered on. That's what one kingdom is centered on. You can't make disciples without sharing the gospel. The same thing that we do in our relief missions as well. In our relief, uh, in our disaster relief efforts, we go and we partner with a local church. You guys have seen this before. We've done it in Lake Charles. This year, 2020, has been kind of a wild ride, right? A wild ride. We responded to storms in Nashville, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Marshalltown, Iowa, Lake Charles, Pensacola, and West Monroe, Louisiana, right? But in every case, we could have just provided help, provided maybe, maybe some shelter, maybe some food, maybe some, some clothes, maybe some water, gasoline, whatever it may be. But if we're not sharing the gospel, if we're not putting that first, then we're just a humanitarian organization. And that's not who we are. We're a ministry. We're a ministry first. So our whole goal is to, to have the local church be the face of disaster relief in their area. If the local church is the face of disaster relief, then when we leave, so we don't come in flying our banners and saying, hey, one kingdom's here, don't worry, you got nothing to worry about now. We come alongside and partner with that local church so that when they're ministering to their community, those people that get help, they say, you know what? Marshalltown Church of Christ helped me in my deepest time of need. I want to know more about that. I don't know more about these people. That's how you make disciples. You can't make disciples from them from afar. A lot of times we want to go out and we want to say how many people we baptize and all that stuff, and that's great. We want to get people in the water. We want to get people to follow the gospel and know who Jesus is. But the key part of that mission statement in Matthew 28, Jesus does say baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, but he says before that to make disciples. Make disciples. That's got to come through a relationship. That's got to come through knowing and understanding who you are understanding the culture of how, how, to, how can we let that message penetrate the hearts of men and women in our community. You've got to be there. You've got to know who your people are, right? And then, of course, every nation, every language. You know, we have the shirts. We've been saying that. That's been our theme for the day. Look at the stage. I've got to say, I've got to give Lindy a, some props. Lindy, great. This is Lindy Loveland's work. She's in that... 
She's in our live stream booth and she hates what's happening right now, but still, great job, Lindy. But every nation, every language, that was the goal from the beginning. That was the goal from the beginning. You guys, if you know the story, started with three men in a boat. You guys know, right? They, three men in a boat, they said they, they had a mission. They said, how do we get the gospel out to every nation in every language? And that's what I love about this church. Like I said in the beginning, we are a frontline church. This is not a church that seeks to, to, to just build ourselves up and we come here to feed at the trough and then just go about our weeks. No, this is an outwardly focused church. This is a church that says we want, we've been rescued. How many in here feel rescued? How many, of you, how many in the fellowship room feel rescued? How many on your live stream feel rescued? Are you feel that Jesus has saved you? So don't you want to get that message out to everybody else? Shouldn't we be, that should be our life. Our life work should be getting the gospel out to every end of the, of the earth. This is not just like, this is, this is not just a, a once a week thing. Our relationship with Jesus should define us. Should be who we are. I want to read a verse, and many of you are familiar with this. In Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We've used that verse a lot in talking about missions. But here's the key. If you've surrendered your life to God, if you've proclaimed Jesus as the Lord of your life, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You receive power. That power, that, 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 that freedom that you feel. You're free from your sins. You're free from all your past. Shouldn't you just want to run through this door and go tell everybody? A lot of times we make, we make our Sunday's routine and we, you know, we do the thing here and then, and then, and then where we're going to eat, you know, and it's football season. Are we going to get out before the Saints play? Don't make it routine. This, you, you should look wholly different from the world. And when, it, when, in the back half of this verse, it says, you will be my witnesses. Are you a witness? Are you a witness? It starts here, though. It starts here. One of the, the, the popular phrases that, that Bill Smith used to say, or maybe it was Carl, I can't remember because it was a little bit before my time, but it has rung true in my heart, that the light that shines the brightest, or the furthest, shines brightest at home. The light that shines the furthest shines brightest at home. So if we are trying to reach every corner of the world, shouldn't we be reaching our community first? And so one kingdom is not just a global mission effort. Our global mission effort starts here. So we have ministries in our backyard. We, we, we help the college ministry. That's a mission field, by the way. Our mission field is at the ULM campus. We're trying to expand it to Louisiana Tech. We're trying to expand, expand it to Grambling. Also, celebrate recovery inside working with our prison ministries. There, there's, there are all types of missions that are, that are right here that we work with. Then we expand that out a little bit into Tuba City and the Navajo Nation and, and, and helping a community there who, who is really lost and, and searching for purpose to teach them who they are in the kingdom. And then you expand that a little bit further out into Latin America 
You, you heard from Esteban and his dad, Lionel, which Esteban is watching, by the way. Que lo que, mi hermano. I love you. Te amo. Y'all say what's up to Esteban, Lee. He, he's, he's a good man. He's our ambassador for Latin America. But then we expand that further into South America, expand that further into West Africa, into East Africa, into India, into Nepal, into South Korea. Our goal is to, to empower and equip local leaders to share the gospel in every nation, every language, and it starts here right now today. So my ask of you, are you living life on mission? Are you living life on mission? The Great Commission, which by the way, Harrison, great job. I'm so proud of you. You did great. Go and make disciples of all nations. Are you living a life on mission? Are you living life with purpose? Or are you just going week to week, you're just trying to hang on? Because that's not God's design for you, by the way. His design is not for you just to hang on. It's for you to flourish and for you to make an impact on other people's lives. So my ask for you today is to partner with us. Can you take time? Can you take finances? Can you take support? Can you, t- can you take out of your regular budget and decide today that you want to reach the world for Jesus? So I want to take a moment. Some of you might not like this. Some of you this might make you uncomfortable. But I'm going to take a moment. We're going to have a giving moment. Okay? What I would ask you to do, and I left my phone on the pew, which I should have, but I want you to take your phone out. And if you feel called today to give, there's an easy way to give. Pull up your texts, and in the, in the two, you would type 77977. It's real easy. Just put 77977 in who you're texting, and then type WFR Church. Send that text, you're going to get a response back, and there's going to be a link to give. So I'm, going to, I'm just going to let silence be a little awkward here. And I want you to take that time right now. If you feel moved, I want, I want you to, to, to really, really listen, and if the Holy Spirit is budging you to give, now's the time. If you're a check writer, that's great. We have some giving stations in the back. We're also going to have some guys with trays. Uh, that'll, that'll be in the back. You can write your check now. But now's the time to come aboard. <clears throat> One of the best ways that you can support One Kingdom and support this ministry is when you give to select recurring gift. So even if it's $10 a month, I have to admit I went to Starbucks this morning on the way because I needed like, I don't drink coffee, but I need caffeine sometimes when I'm and I'm like, I was super jittery this morning because I had way too much caffeine. I was excited. But I got, I got a tea and then I, I got some eggs and it was like $10. And I was like, ooh, I didn't realize it was $10. Two things. But can you take it? Do you have those Starbucks runs? Do you have, do you have that little deal that you do once a week? Can you, can you say, I'll sacrifice this little pleasure so that I can make an impact around the world? Even $10 a month. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's 100, maybe it's more. But when you give that monthly gift, it, it has such an impact because it gives some of our people worldwide a little bit more security. They know that they can count on, on the money that's coming in so that the work can continue. And as you saw what happened with, with Isaac, that started with a world radio program where he was just preaching the gospel on the radio 
for an hour a week. And now you see what, now he has a school that teaches Bible and agriculture. He's got a Gari factory that's producing food and selling food. Now there's a women's empowerment ministry that's teaching young women sewing. So much has happened because of faithful hearts have supported that work. Look, you're most like God when you give. You're most like God when you give. He gave us so much. He gave us his son. He's given us everything. For those of you that feel free and feel rescued, it's because of Jesus. So some of you maybe haven't even given your full life, haven't surrendered your full life to God. We want to take a moment now. We're going to sing, we're going to sing a song in a minute, but we're going to have some, some people down front here. Fellowship room, I want to speak to you for a second. We're going to have some, some men and women down front. Don't let today pass you by. Are you living your life on mission? I'll talk to you guys too. Are you living your life on mission? Are you so consumed with your own problems, your own worries, your own guilt, your own shame that you can't step forward and fulfill the Great Commission? That's our, that's, that's our livelihood, guys. That's, that's what we need to be doing. Go and make disciples in where? Every nation. That's what we're here today to do. So I would ask that you prayerfully consider coming and, coming and partnering with us. But even more than that, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, today is the day. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. If you've been feeling that nudge, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. If you feel that nudge that says... I need to do something. There's more. You know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Gina Soward, who, who works in our live stream booth every Sunday. She's fantastic. If you don't know her, you need to get to know her. I was talking to her this morning, and she said, I said, tell me your story. Like, what, what got you here? How would you get to White's Ferry Road? And she says, well, I've been through some things in my life, and then I just realized there was more. There was more. Guys, there's more. It's not just about right here. There's so much more that Jesus has to offer, and we want to take that time. So we're going to sing. If you come down, if you have a need, we want to meet that need. Fellowship Center, live stream, we're going to have an elder. Randy Kirby's going to be there to, to, to handle your prayer requests. Right now, come to the throne room and lay your burdens down.